0: Welcome to the Oregon College Football Post Game Show with Judah Newby and Neil Lomax presented by Frostbrewed Coors Light on 102.9 and 750 The Game. 503-417-7575. 503-417-7575. This is the Oregon College Football Post Game Show. What is up, fans? Judah Newby, Neil Lomax in the house here on 1029-750 the game. 503-417-7575. It is your chance to sound off the fans. Let us know what you thought about the Oregon Ducks game. Just went final, final score. Oregon. 58 Bowling Green 24 58 24. It could have been much worse. It could have been much worse, and that included 30 of the 58 points for the Ducks coming in the second quarter alone.
1: And uh, the Ducks are one and zero. Neil Omax, what's up, Neil? As expected. Yeah, get... I mean, it is as expected. There we go. This is uh, yeah. There we go. I'm on. <laughs> you know we we uh, you know my prediction was you know 63 17. It, yeah. It, it could have been that way if Mario didn't pull. Justin there with about 5 minutes in the third quarter. That's a little a little early. Well, right? we'll, we'll but it might have been planned. He'll he'll make a, a PC comment that was planned and I want to get Braxton in there for a couple series. Okay. Okay, we'll wait till 6 minutes left in the game. You know, that that's my call, but he'll he'll be ticked at me and I'll be ticked at him. That's what we do. That's okay. You know, that's my call and that's his call. I would have waited. Uh, I would have kept them in, kept that offense in, get get to 60, get I mean, keep it going, get the mojo going. But when you're quarterback Every other ball you throw is a touchdown. That's, That's insane. Ten pass I, I, completions. You're watching this game, going, you know, usually Oregon. You're looking at going to throw forty times, forty-five times, 31, 32 for forty-four, or whatever. That's kind of. But you got to remember though, Oregon in the past has always been a major rushing team. People forget about that. Right. Chip Kelly's years, two thousand twelve, two thousand sixteen, to you know those those years. People forget. They go, "Oh, yeah, you're throwing." No, they spread it out. They were top five in rushing for it, four straight years was, in the nation. Yeah. That's that's stupid numbers when you think about rushing. People, are like, oh, USC and Alabama, you know, though Penn State. No, they were top five in the nation in rushing. That is so impressive when you have that balance. So, I mean, Justin's ten for twenty-one with five touchdowns, Neil. <laughs> ten completions, <laughs> ten completions, five so touchdowns.
0: That's insane numbers. And, 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 and
1: I guarantee you Justin's not happy. He's not. He, he wants to be, you know, 18, 19. Oh, there's a couple drops, all yeah. that. But anyway, hey, Oregon, you got the win, as you're supposed to do. Congratulations. Let's move on. And please, please just be, be be nice to Portland State. Well,
0: now, okay. <laughs> next week's going to be – there. there's a lot going on next week. Portland State, of course, losing to Nevada last night. 72 to 19 and they are going to have to be the victims next week but I mean look there's a lot going on right I mean Portland State is going to get a lot of money for going to
1: Eugene right. and playing the Ducks at Odson, and that's the goal it's a, it's a money game and, and it is when you have to play I call them the preseason games yeah you know god bless Washington my god you're playing a bowl game in week one No, yeah. you know I'm talking it's old BCS slash power five it's 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 playoff bowl game and you you took it on now you're going to play catch up the rest of the year cuz you don't want to lose another game right uh, that oregon washington game at Eugene's gonna be just epic but this is the, the way you do it and it's okay so um again oregon did what they had to do very impressed offensively defensively they had a the little you know the wake up call this the snooze button was still there until okay stop the stop the alarm let's go wake up and they did so hey overall great effort the score could have been a lot i mean they could have put 70 on him if they left uh, Justin, the, the team, in there in the, f- the third quarter.
0: 503 417 503 417 You can also interact with us on Twitter at 1029thegame. This is the Oregon College Football Post Game Show. Uh, programming note, we are going to have the Oregon College Football Post Game Show immediately after every Duck game. We're talking final whistle. I mean, the whistle literally blew two minutes ago. We are on the air with your fan reaction. So call in now. Talk to uh, Neil Lomax. You know, ask us your questions. We'll give you the analysis. We'll give you the breakdown. This is the show for you fans to sound off first and foremost. No of these long network post-game shows where you have to go through three or four different press conferences before waiting to sound off your opinion. No. The time is right now, ladies and gentlemen. Time is now. So call in 503-417-7575. Uh, were you impressed with the Ducks? That's my question. Were you impressed? Because 58 to 24, margin of victory speaks for itself, yes. But, you know, doing the math in my head right now, what is that? 40, that is a 38, 34 points. 34, That's yeah. a push. It literally pushed. It closed at Ducks minus 34 at kickoff. That's incredible. That's incredible. So if you had money on this one in Vegas, you know, sorry about that. I think you're going to get your money back. But were you impressed by the Ducks' performance? Because I tell you what, Neil, even though there were some wow moments, and we were watching this game together, there were some wow moments, but there were also some holes, were there not?
1: Well, and again, I give Bowling Green some credit. Showing sure. mean, all this way, that first five, seven, eight minutes of the game, everybody's going to say, oh, you know, Oregon was still, you know, pregame, and, you know, get it's... Bowling green, there that's the way it is. No, no, no. You gotta be ready to go. That's on coaching. That's on just pre game prep. But Jared Deggy, I, I, I was yeah. actually really impressed with his poise, uh, his composure, the way he handled it at a very adverse environment, coming to coming to Autzen, It's not easy. It's Pac twelve TV. I mean, it's bowling green. You know, come on, they're in the Mac. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, they're coming here, like I said, thirty plus points underdogs. They were they were really sharp really on point so i was really impressed with jared how he commanded that offense the first really the first quarter
0: yeah and 22 for 38 jared Dagey finished 253 yards three touchdowns and two picks uh rushing for the ducks in this game cj verdell led all ball carriers with 13 rushes for 51 yards Average just under four yards a carry. You, of course, had Justin Herbert, who had six carries for 41 yards. There was a couple of sacks in there, and
1: he had a 37-yard run. So take the, those yeah, yeah, totals. And, and, and eight, duck, eight ducks touched the ball rushing. Eight. Yeah. Not four or five. Eight. That's the that's depth. <laughs> Pick that's, your poison, that's, right? That's what I, I, I'm so impressed with, with that kind of offense. You you know, most teams okay, you got four or five guys going to get some touches. Receivers, six or seven guys. You know, receiving-wise... They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys receiving the ball, too. That's balance. That's a lot of players coming in, knowing what they're doing, when to do it, knowing their assignments, knowing the adjustments. And for the first week, pretty impressed with that. you got to be impressed with that. And that's going to serve them well
0: once Pac-12 play rolls around, right? Deep. Now that you Deep. got guys some experience, and you'll get them experience next week against Portland State and week three against San Jose State. When Stanford rolls around week four, now all those guys that are sitting third and fourth on the depth chart, at least they've got the experience in these games.
1: I mean, in that aspect, these are very meaningful games. I mean, Jalen Red's on the on the depth chart like the fourth or fifth running back. Yeah. Okay. How about that execution and that type of <laughs> yeah. exposure? I mean, two catches, two, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. <laughs> but there's three or four more. He was uh, Justin was reading the coverage very well. Really looking off the safeties. When I'm watching the game, I'm watching him move the safety around with his eyes, move the backers, trying to find the windows, trying to find a zone man. He, he's he's that triple threat guy. I mean, a triple threat, I mean, he he can throw, he can run, and he pre-snap look. He reads. That's he a, reads yeah. everything. He understands what they're doing, where they're going to go, and he made some pretty good throws that actually I I thought uh, receivers were not adjusting, not going, because he was making some pre-snap throws, boom, on target, and so they're a little sloppy in that area. They'll, they'll clean that up. And uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's Portland State. It's my team, man. I know. They'll, they'll, keep, take it easy. I know. We might have to bring in Mouse next yeah, week. Yeah, I might, I might have to miss next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. We'll, we'll see. 503 uh, 417 Other action around the Pac-12. We'll get uh, that to you here, too. Arizona State, a 14 nothing lead on UTSA. That's Texas, San Antonio. It was 14 nothing Arizona State. Two minutes into the game. It's still 14-0 yeah. at the eleven forty-five mark of the second quarter now. Uh no score in the second quarter. BYU Arizona. Beaver fans remember Kalani Sataki, the head coach at BYU. They haven't really they've kind of underwhelmed under Sataki's tenure so far. Kevin Sumlin debuting for Arizona, of course, in this game. Uh and we'll fire up the uh, the box score on Khalil Tate. Khalil Tate has started seven for twelve. For 50 yards in this game, he's got three rushes for minus four yards.
1: That, that's the shock in that game right now. Right. I mean, I know Kevin Sumlin, he's still the spread guy, like a lot of these coaches are. Great success at Houston, where he's been with a lot of great players. That Khalil Tate's a player. I mean, absolute athlete. And you got to use the athlete. I mean, to me, you're, you're getting at least four or five rushes per quarter, if not more.
0: USC ranked 15th in the country, beats UNLV 43-21. to 21. JT Daniels in his first game as a 17-year-old, 22 for 35, 282 yards, one touchdown.
1: And he can barely drive home. Just, just went through his permit, right. got his driver's license. Mom's still picking him up, taking him home. Is he going to clean his room? <laughs> as long clean, as he cleans his room. Clean your damn room. <laughs> sure. that's,
0: that's my line. Clean your damn room, JT. By the way, USC Stanford next week. We're going to break down that matchup. We'll get to the rest of the Pac-12 action, the rest of the top 25 action, break down this Oregon game even further just underway. Give us a phone call, 503-417-7575. Tweet at 1029, the game as well. Judah Newby, Neil Lomax. This is the Oregon College Football Post Game Show on 1029-750 the game part of Oregon College Game Day. 503-417-7575, 503-417-7575, Oregon College Football Post Game Show. Also streaming on the Facebook Live on the 1029.750, the game account. What's up, Facebook? Judah Newby, Neil Lomax in the house. Our debut post game show. Look at that. There's some swag, Neil. There's some swag. I
1: don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, All right, I'm on Facebook. Twitter it. Are you on Facebook? Yeah. You yeah, are on I Facebook. A Facebook account, yeah.
0: Yeah. You got to keep your eye on the kids, you know, make sure everybody's... No, I don't.
1: Lori, Lori takes care of all that. My wife, she, we, we have grandkids now. I mean, you know, <laughs> my, my four-year-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, she unlocks my phone. <laughs> uh, she figures my <laughs> password out. She's telling me where to go. See, How do yeah. I Google things? Generations. Poppy, Poppy you got you to gotta Google this. what, what? what?
0: It's some Disney Channel I got going on here. (laughs) You got to take care of that, man. You got to take care of that. 58 24, Ducks beat beat Bowling Green. Talked about it a little bit in our opening segment as well. But what'd you make of Justin Herbert being pulled five minutes to go in the third quarter? And yeah, the Ducks were up comfortably. It was 51 17 at the time. But 20 minutes left in the games there, Neil. We were watching the game together. I I saw you bristle a little bit at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is early, but. Uh, coach Ball is going to probably say, "Oh, we want to give Braxton a couple series. Well, okay, yeah, one it's sixty to seventeen. Yeah, put Braxton in. That's what you should. But again, he's the head coach. Uh, obviously, it was really because they were three and out. They punt. What does Bowling Green do? Go down. Nice score, little, man. nice little wheel route. Yeah. Nice little wheel route. Touchdown. Boom. Uh oh. So Justin, you're back in. That's they lost a little mojo there. The last that next three or four minutes. You can tell." They weren't the same. They were a little offbeat because, oh, yeah, we're over now. Let's take the sweatbands off. Let's take the shield off. Let's take the chin strap off. Take my towel off. Oh, I got to get my towel back. I got to get everything back. Okay. So it took them a little while, but after that it was fine. But they're not going to make a big deal about it, so let's not make a big deal about it. Because I just think, again, overall, Oregon did what they're supposed to do. After that three, four, five-minute first quarter of Bowling Green controlling the game, really played well right away. Then Oregon decided, hey, man, let's forget about this. Let's turn the, Let's turn the car on. Get the engine revved up, and they played very well. And production was amazing. Effectiveness not, might not be there. I mean, what I mean by that is, I mean Justin Herbert only throws fifty percent, less than fifty percent. But getting touchdowns, the effectiveness of that—I mean, big plays again. And Oregon's been known for that for years. Just big plays, twenty plus, thirty plus yard big plays. Those are chunks. He averaged—they are chunk twenty-eight stuff. yards of completion, I, and a touchdown
0: every other completion. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy stuff. You, you're not going to see that every single week, of course. But And there were drops in there, too. You know, we talk about the maybe lack of efficiency, 10 of 21. But in the first quarter, there were at least three drops, a couple by Johnny Johnson, one by Jalen Red. And we can't forget the first touchdown that Herbert had in this game. Oregon is down 10
1: nothing. It's 4th and 14. Yeah, I, I thought it was 3rd and 14 at the time. I did not realize it was 4th right. down. They're on the edge of field goal range. Yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. It's a little too far. 4th and 14. Field goal, right.
0: 37 yard or 33 yard touchdown, boom! Right over the middle of Jalen Red, who had two catches and two touchdowns in this game. I mean, yeah,
1: absolute Aaron Rodgers NFL frozen rope. Right. Look the the safety off left goes to hash. Jalen Red's coming down the hash, did a little jiggle, goes right nine route. We call it a go route, right down the hash and bang. That linebacker or the defensive back was within a yard, mm-hmm. and they had the safety over the top. There was a three three and a half yard window. And Justin put it in there that that's impressive.
0: Can I ask you what's the dynamic like when you're a quarterback and it's week one, regardless of the opponent, right? It's week one. It's finally game action. You've just come through an entire fall camp. Like, so what was this like when you were you know doing the run and shoot at Portland State, or when you just come through a training camp in the NFL and you're entering week one? There's a different. There has to be a difference, right, between what you the reps in fall camp and actually putting it into game action, regardless of the opponent.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. Well, the problem too is this is not on the NFL, you're, you're playing NFL teams. It's the Kansas State Chiefs, it's the 49ers, it's the, it's the Seahawks. This is Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. So it's like Portland State playing maybe Milwaukee High School. Not, and no disrespect to Milwaukee High School. No offense, but No offense, but, Carrera. You know, but, 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 but the expectations are you've got to score 60 points. Right. So that pressure on just, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Fans, you've got to understand what they're going. If you don't score 60, 70 points on these guys, it's a disappointment. Like, wait a minute, let's just win the game. I mean, ask UCLA how they did. You know, how'd you guys do with that, with bringing in Cincinnati? You know, Washington, you had to go play Auburn. Now, that's apples and apples. You go and bet big boys. Right. But you got Oregon home. We got Bowling Green. We got Portland State and San Jose State. That's like, this is a no-counter preseason. And the expectation is, let's just wipe those guys out, and all of a sudden, here we come, boys. Now it's Pac-12. So the expectation there, to me, is not fair. Because you're expecting now to be 25 for 28. You know, you guys got to score that. You get, you guys be rushing. TBJ, you should be rushing for 80, 90, 100 yards. Guy had five carries. That's surprising. I mean, five yeah. carries. Five carries for 27 yards. Well, so That's but, 5.4 a clip. But look at how many guys they got carrying the ball. That's the That's, that's the thing, too, man. They got some athletes.
0: Yeah. Verdell, Felix, Dye, Brooks so, James, Habibi Lakio, Taj Griffin. I
1: mean, that's... Ducks did what they had to do. Yeah. Give them credit, man. They look, overall, they They look great. Just, I hope that this next three weeks they'll get so ready they can't wait for Pac 12 action. It's going to be a while, it's almost a month. Right. You know,
0: thankfully, we don't have to wait that long to find some other good action around the conference. And you can chime in as well, 503-417-7575, 503-417-7575. You can also tweet at 1029thegame. This is the Oregon College Football Post Game Show. Judah Newby, Neil Lomax will be with you all season long right after the finish of the Duck game. We'll also have countdown to kickoff, which is two hours before the kickoff of every uh, Oregon game as well. But around the rest of the uh, the conference, Neil, I mean, there is some pretty intriguing games. We got to it a little bit earlier with uh, USC beating UNLV 43 Second true freshman to start at quarterback all time in USC history. And this guy, JT Daniels from Matter Day, should be a senior in high school this year. Instead, he's leading the Trojans uh, behind the helmet quarterback. It's him and Matt Barkley from 2009, the only true freshman ever to start for USC. How about, uh, you know, we talk about Chip Kelly. This this debut with UCLA, they're up 10 nothing in the first quarter, and then Cincinnati scores 17 unanswered, and by the time it's all said and done, it's a 26-17 to loss for Chip Kelly in his first game with the Bruins. I mean, reaction down in L.A., look, Chip Kelly comes with his own brand, comes with his own yeah. expectations, oh, yeah. though, as you're saying, yep. and... That's got to be such a disappointment for Week One.
1: It was it was hard to take, and I talked about it a few hours ago on our, our pregame show. That the more pressure is on, not really Herm Edwards, Kevin Sumlin, a lot of these new coaches. It's on Chip because the expectation of that brand, and you know they they, they struggled. I mean Gardner Minshew when, when really. I mean I'm sorry, their quarterback really struggled mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, you know Wilton Spite was from Michigan, came over grad transfer. They go with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. They're going back and forth. But for for a Chip Kelly team to score under 25, 20 points, huge disappointment. And I I guarantee he won't be wearing a T-shirt anymore, the Rose Bowl. He might have a collared shirt next time. I'm I'm just saying.
0: Wilton Spate apparently injured is back in the first half of this game. And they bring in the freshman Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And, uh, yeah, it didn't go well. 15 for 25 for 117 passing yards. And uh, Chip Kelly, there's a lot of work for UCLA to do because week two in Norman at Oklahoma. No Baker Mayfield though. Yeah, but Kyler Murray, The no, dude can
1: no. ball. Oh yeah, no hard knocks, Oklahoma. <laughs> we got <laughs> no talk about hard knocks, that. Oklahoma. <laughs> we can spend the
0: entire post game show talking about hard knocks. <laughs> that's for sure. Love that show. All right, we got to get out to break. We'll come back 9 p.m. hour on your way home from Austin Stadium or wherever you may be and wherever you may have enjoyed watching the duck game or the other action around the top 25, go ahead and give us a call. you 503-417-7575. This is the Oregon College Football Post Game Show on 1029-750-THE-GAME. Welcome to the Oregon College Football Post Game Show with Judah Newby and Neil Lomax presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light on 1029-750-THE-GAME. 503 417 75 503 417 7575 Call in Oregon College Football Postgame Show. Jude Newbie Neil Lomax. Oregon wins their season opener convincingly. 58-24. You know, could have been better in some spots, but, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to nitpick necessarily. They, the Ducks took care of business the way that they were supposed to take care of business. Let's just say it was a typical season opener and they'll have to find some improvement along the way between now and week four. (laughs) You don't necessarily have to have it in week two against Portland state. You don't necessarily have it in week three against San Jose state, but by week four against Stanford, that's when you kind of want to hit your stride and look, 58 points week one, that kind of speaks for itself. But how about this, Neil Lomax? They had the ball for 10 minutes in the first half, 10 minutes in the first half and turned a 10, nothing deficit into a 37 to 17 halftime lead. you know, I went nine months without college football. I forgot how fast Oregon likes to go offensively. That was fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I'm very impressed with the coaching staff at Bowling Green putting this game plan together. And, again, uh, you know, Jarrett Dagey, I, I can't say enough about his composure in that first quarter. Uh, in that environment, you got you got to be there to understand what that's like. Hmm. You know, when I when I went to the Redskins or going to the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, RFK and Philly, and you're in that environment, there's 75,000 fans, and Oregon's got it going. They're rock and rolling, man. It's loud. Autzen's a great place, great environment. and Again, give credit to Bowling Green for coming out early and playing the best they could and looking pretty sharp, looking pretty composed, putting it on them, 10-zip, and then all said, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. And look, we saw Appalachian State going
0: to Penn State today and turn that game into overtime. You you can't just discount these games just because, you know, the point spreads up in the 30s. Sometimes, I know Appalachian State's done it before, but sometimes I know teams like to get – a little greedy, maybe a little lax. And to Bowling Green's credit, they smacked Oregon in the mouth. 10 nothing, 10 nothing. I did not see that coming. And then it took a 4th and 14, 33-yard touchdown to get Oregon woken up in this game. Because, Neil, they were sleeping. They were sleeping, like you were said. But when they finally did wake up, it was like waking up the dragon because they responded in a big way.
1: And that's why you play all these series and in these quarters. You just can't, you know, luck- fortunately they had the fourth quarter to take off. That's right. kind of what these games are when you have these type of teams and uh, you're, not, you're not the Power 5. You're, you're low level of, of, a, of a FCS or you're not th- those Power 5 schools. And these are, these are money games for Bowling Green and these other schools from the MAC and the WAC. But I'll tell you what, you better not sleep on the Mountain West or the WAC. Some of these schools will play. We, we're seeing that. I mean, we've seen that across the board that the Appalachian States, the Troy States of the world, even though they got blown out by Boise State today, go Broncos, they got it rocking and rolling. Haskins got to go rocking and rolling there again. That, you know, Harston's does a great job there at Boise State. But anyway, it's just – I was impressed again by the number of players that get in the game. That, that's what I can't understand because of the pros or college. or high, You just don't see that many athletes get in the game and get those touches.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you got
1: receivers, eight of them, eight running backs getting touches. That's pretty impressive. And that's the coaches. I give credit to them for getting those guys in early. In the rest of the Pac-12. This day
0: started pretty well. I mean, look, Oregon State blown out, 77-31. Washington loses. That's the tough one. See, that's the one that the Pac-12 is going to be remembered for, not only this week, but really for the rest of the year. That's a top ten team.
1: I mean, you're going to play SEC top ten. That's a bowl game. That's a January. talk about that's a January one bowl. You might shake it. Your- no, they. they no, went on the I'm limb. not
0: disagreeing. But you have to win that game if you want to get conference respect. This conference is not
1: respected nationally. It's not. It's. It, it isn't. But they give Chris Peterson and the Washington Huskies taking that game on. Yeah, They did. USC went and played Alabama Cup yet and got blown out at AT&T about a year ago. It was absolutely embarrassing. That's right. So that's kind of what you're seeing now is when Pac-12 schools get matched up with these top 10, top 20 other schools, we're, we're you know we're holding the short end. And I don't know if that's something with just our league, I mean the conference, but uh, I still say these college football, the parody out there is awesome. There's so many great teams to watch. That's why I love – I mean, high schools, I love high school football, but college football, something about that, it's just it's pretty special. All right, let's go
0: outside of the Pac-12 just for a brief moment and uh want your thoughts as well. 503-417-7575 because there were a lot of notable games mm-hmm. in the top 25 today. And one of the early ones that really caught my eye, I know it caught yours as well, Texas and Maryland. So here you go. You got a home and home. That finishes up this year from last year. Right. Maryland went into Texas last year, beat them 51-41. DJ Durkin took the Terps into Austin, beat Tom Herman. This year, Texas a 13-point favorite going back to Maryland. Maryland beats them again, Neil. And think of everything well, that yeah, program's yeah. been through. If
1: people have been following that story of that tragedy. It just saddens your heart that that staff allowed the training staff, the coaching staff, the athletic department allowed that kind of thing happen. I don't care if it's high school; you allow that type of heat, exhaustion, exposure to accident lead to a death. I mean, folks, this this I'm a high school. Could we go through so many tests, so many 20, 30 different uh, clinics we got to go to, make sure we understand sudden cardiac arrest, understand how to use the AED, understand concussion protocol, understand the hydration issues. Um, it's it's saddening to think that you think so. God bless Matt Canada for mm-hmm. putting that team together. Judah, I mean, really keep that team together, and they gonna beat Texas.
0: Jordan McNair, the name of the uh, the former Maryland yeah. player that that uh, was deceased, and Maryland for the first game for the first play lined up with ten players to pay him tribute. And everybody wore a decal, number yep, 79, got his 70, on their helmets. They got, his,
1: they got his number on there and the family, what they've been through. I and mean, people just got to sit back and think, how do we – we have no empathy or – we have no idea what that would feel like.
0: No, none at all. None at all. So credit to, like you mentioned, Matt Canada. That's a former – look, he's been an offense coordinator a lot of places, most recently LSU and uh you know it didn't work out for him at LSU with Ed Orgeron and now he goes and joins yeah. DJ Durkin's staff and how do you predict something like this tragedy in the off season DJ Durkin is uh you know suspended indefinitely and probably fired near momentarily and now you got Matt Canada in the interim role you got a huge game with a ranked opponent and the, and you get the win i mean you got to yeah. give all the credit in the world to uh, to Matt Canada yeah. and his staff and Maryland did it Scoring ten unanswered points yeah. in the fourth quarter. And,
1: mean, a, and in a lighter note, so you owe me lunch because I had I had Notre Dame. <laughs> you had Notre, you, you Notre were Dame. Me a yeah. You a bad time. You were like, oh no, no, Michigan, Harbaugh, and all that. You know, I think he was Khakis. wearing. I think he was wearing shorts in the fourth <laughs> quarter. He had to cut them off. Glasses were flying, hats flying. Referee's fault. Someone's fault. One rampant. score game there at the. Oh, uh, Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> but when Notre Dame had to do it, strip, almost a scoop and score. Yep. Yeah. So, so, really good football game though. You you expect that when you see the Michigan's and Notre Dame's play. It's you know pretty, what gets pretty, gets me excited is seeing South Bend lit up at night, you know. Was that field turf
0: by the way? It is. It was field turf. It though. is. Yeah, they've Dang they've, it. they've made the change. They made the change cuz it used to be icon- that iconic grass, oh, obviously. Yeah. And I don't think it was that that uh that long ago. I mean, we get our crack research team on that. When did Notre Dame change from uh, natural grass to field turf? It was recently. But, you know, because I'm thinking, like, the, the, there were some no. legendary, iconic games there. You know, on that in grass. the end
1: zone, the stripes in the end zone. Right. Eric Parsena still, I think he still goes out there with white paint <laughs> and puts those lines. The ghost of Eric <laughs> Parsena is, I mean, or, you know. I love that. That's it, awesome. Yeah. Come on. South Bend, got to love it.
0: You got to love it. And uh, it was good to see Notre Dame and Michigan play, by the way. Week yeah, 24. thank you. Peter and again, Sampson.
1: And again, week one. Right. Week one. So three years field turf yeah was? 2014 oh, okay.
0: was when they made the change thanks uh Peter for that yeah, yeah right. when they made the change so relatively recently but uh, yeah it's it's not quite the same
1: as a player love I love natural grass I'm just right. telling you folks out there it's just so unique and the special thing to play on natural grass it, it it just left about in the 90s it really did like nobody was going to the grass everybody's going the field turf or and turf is awesome, by the way. It's a great service. But the old uh, AstroTurf days? That's terrible. You might as well get the asphalt company. Just hire an asphalt company and put on that little half-inch rug from Paulson's. Put uh. that sucker on there. <laughs> you might as well blow out your knee, blow out your ankles because you're going to play on that freeway. Kingdome? Oh, you, what was that? I don't like? care. Kingdome, Vet Stadium, the Meadowlands. Vet Are you Stadium, that's concrete. kidding me? It's the worst. Yeah. Uh. The, the Silver Dome Detroit. Well, you got a yeah, parking lot. Might terrible. as well go playing the part of the Pontiac Four GM. They're right down the right down the street. Might, might so as well play in their lot. <laughs> God, it was terrible.
0: So I when, we're watching BYU Arizona on the TV in our studio as well, and uh, keep an eye, eye as well at Arizona State twenty-one nothing now that they lead uh, UT San Antonio. Do you play against Herm Edwards? You
1: just mentioned yeah. veteran. Yeah, you know. he was Did you the play Herm? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's corner. He played. Uh, we played in the eighties together. He was a great All Pro corner and. He'd, be, he'd match up with Roy Green. Every time he played them, he'd match up man-to-man on Roy Green. And, you torch him? Uh, uh, of course we did. <laughs> of course we did. <laughs> what is that? Again, we asked those questions. I know. Uh, they, it's uh, rhetorical. Philly had, Philly had some tough years after uh, Harold Carmichael and Roger Ron Jaworski, but then they brought in a guy named Randall Cunningham. I've heard of him. You guys, all of a sudden, game, game changer. Who's this guy that can run the ball in the NFL? What, who's doing that these days? That kind of changed things. He's quite the athlete. Was he better in Philly or Minnesota? Ask the Philly fans or the Minnesota fans. There you go. I just didn't like him because he played against us, and all of a sudden it's third and five, and he's scrambling around. He picks up fifteen yards all the time. Then that's the that's the game now. Dang! Look, as a Seahawks fan, that's that's our offense. Is Russell
0: Wilson doing that on third and five
1: (laughs) on every pass play?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Every single one.
0: Run pass option. RPO. The new RPO, Jailbreak Blitz, let Russell bail us out. That's how it goes. All right, we'll hit the break. We'll get you a traffic update here. Arizona State has scored again to make it 28 nothing. On Little your hurts. way home from the game, you know, give us a call, 503-417-7575. You can also tweet us at 1029thegame. Your thoughts. Do the Ducks look impressive to you? 58-24. Pretty impressive uh, performance from a score perspective, but there are also a lot of holes, a lot of vulnerability. So, But, look, it's week one week one. There's a lot of football left to be played. I'm Drew He's Neil Lomax. This is the Oregon College Football Postgame Show on 102.9, 7.50 The Game. Welcome back. 58-24 Ducks win. They are 1-0. Were they impressive to you? 503 This is the Oregon College Football Postgame Show. I'm Drew Neil Lomax in the studio sitting across from me right here. We've talked the Ducks game you know, there's only so much that you can break down from a week one, Oregon Bowling Green, 58 to 24. Were there holes? Yes. Were there wow plays? Yes. And Justin Herbert had a lot of those wow plays. 10 of 21, but he goes for five touchdowns and 10 completions, Neil. I mean, it, it, you know, you we can't press the fast forward button on Justin Herbert. Obviously, fans, me, I want to rush the process. I want to see this guy in the NFL draft next spring. But it's going to take some time. But in
1: your mind, was this a successful debut for the season for Justin Herbert? Well, quarterbacks were 11 for 26, mm-hmm. so Marcus Royal is not going to be happy with that. Right. As the OC, even you know, if you're the OC guy, the quarterback guy, even Michael Johnson, uh, wide receiver coach, he understands. He's been around a long time. He played in the league, the NFL guy. Right. So they, they get that. That's that's not efficient, effective. They were chunk place, big time. Everybody's talking to offense. This I I I, I want to. Turn the channel here. Do it. The guy that I, I, I'm i going to nickname, he's Charles Haley. Charles Haley. Number 11. Justin Hollins. Justin Hollins. Yeah. Coming off that edge. Guys, I, I I played against Charles Haley. That guy was amazing. There's a lot of guys like Charles Mann. You've got to go way back to those edge rushers. We call them a 7 technique or a Jet 9 technique. They're on their edge. They are coming. And this guy impressed me so much as he widened out a little bit. You know, Jalen Jelks, you expect one of him. Scott, I follow you. Those guys... Did what they're supposed to do up front. Linebackers played well. Ugo Amadi, you got to give let, a shout-out to Ugo. On. Yeah, Did a lot of things, especially, t- you know, defensively. So defensively, obviously, the first 10 minutes quarter. But Oregon's flying around, and Jim Levitt's got a lot of pressure on him. He, all of a sudden, you talk about Jim Levitt. You put that price tag up there. You know, one of the highest-paid assistants. I, I hate to that because this is a semi-pros. This is a semi-pros. This is big-time. This is big-time college athletics. Folks, grow up understand there's a lot of money involved. These guys get a full scholarship to get a degree. That's what they get paid, a full-time scholarship with the amenities. The amenities these schools have are better than some of the pros. So don't start BSing and complaining about these athletes not getting paid. They're getting a full education. You better play for it because you're very, very special. Only 3.2% of all high school players, 3.2% go play college athletics and a scholarship. That's 3 out of 100. So these guys are special kids, so get off it. They're special. Don't be entitled. Let them play. But these coaches now, <laughs> there's some pressure on them because they're getting paid a lot of money to make these guys execute. And I tell you what, these ducks are flying around defensively today. So I was impressed with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, but they had to wake up, right?
1: 10 nothing, and, and that's, not, that's not the ideal way to start against Bowling Green at home. A lot of guys coming in and out, though. Again, they're playing a lot of numbers. We have some defensive stats here, too, about the tackles. There's 19 guys making an ta- I mean, 18 guys making an attack. There's a lot of guys coming in and out here. All no right. one's just dominating. They're flying around, putting a lot of different uh, situations, a lot of different down and distant guys that come in. That's what they do. they got a lot of athletes. They're 2-3 deep. <laughs> That's going to bode so well when you're in week 8, 9 uh, in the Pac-12 conference schedule.
0: Mario Cristobal wrapped up his post-game press conference moments ago. We talk about why he took Justin Herbert out. Five minutes to go in the third quarter. Mario Cristobal on why he brought in Braxton Burmeister. Here it is.
1: Well, we thought that it was a good idea to get Braxton in when the game still was a game. You know, when it, when time playing time mattered. Get him in there with the first offensive line. Get him in there with uh, the tailbacks, the one wide receivers, and the tight ends. To see him perform and execute with those guys um when we didn't move the ball and they scored well it just triggered hey we we need to get back on track and that's why we put the ones back in just got a time with the ones Neil. pc sorry pc <laughs> it's 51 to 17 right this not a game it's not a game you're not but it's okay you're the head coach do what you want to do I, I, that's fine. you don't have to explain it Maybe you're five the, you
0: 5 minutes in the fourth you don't five have to justify it
1: whatever let him in Braxton played last year on the injury but don't tell me it's a game. A game is one or two scores. That's a game. Well, it became a game when they, well, well maybe okay. not. But they, but when now it's 51-24. Right. And he put back Herbert. So he, he must have thought it was a competitive game at that All point. All of a sudden, your, your khaki pants get a little tight. No, no question. Everybody wears <laughs> the khaki pants with the, with, the, with, the, with the golf shirts. You've ruined khaki pants All for All of a me. sudden, that's what, the, that's what coaches do. <laughs> it, but, hey, Mark, you guys, you did what you're supposed to do. At the end of the day, First quarter, second quarter, you play four quarter, everybody says that. I was impressed just with the depth again. I keep going over and over. They had so many young athletes getting in there, getting touches, making tackles, making plays. You're going to make mistakes. Uh, again, Bowling Green came in, not expecting to even do anything. I, I said 63-17, so it was close. But, Mario, you can put Braxton in when you want to put him in. You're the head guy. Well, one of that, that kind of leads us into another topic that I want your thoughts on.
0: The new redshirt rule. The fact that you can play freshmen up to four games and still use a redshirt on them later in the season and keep their, you know, redshirt eligibility for the following year. Yeah. That is a game changer. It affected guys like Travis Dye today. That's a true freshman. Yeah. He ended up getting seven carries for 37 yards, making some plays in the return game as well. I mean... Mario Cristobal has gone on record saying he loves this. Every coach has to love this. Getting to play your freshman four
1: games in a season and still get to redshirt them? Incredible. And the analogy is it's preseason NFL. You don't have to cut anybody. That's it. You got a 75-man roster. You don't have to cut anybody. You keep them for week one, two, three, four in the NFL. Coaches would love that. Have that taxi squad, that service squad, street squad, whatever you want to call them. I still got 30 more guys in the locker room. So for calls now, that is it is an amazing, and I think it's a good thing. You can't really tell, and it's a hard thing to get, you know, fake an injury. A lot of times that's what happens. You know, we'll go ahead and have that freshman fake an injury. So, oh, yeah, you're on IR or whatever the term is for college these days, but now we'll go, we'll redshirt you. You're, but you're not hurt. We just want to make sure you get five to play four. Because mm-hmm. you do get five years, get four, four years to play. It's eligibility-wise. So I think it's great for college football because you can see three or four or five guys that you might not see because you're afraid to burn the redshirt.
0: With week one, we talk a lot about players having to shake off the rust, knock off the rust a little bit, get back into game action. How does that apply to coaches? Is there anything to, like, coaches, especially a guy like Cristobal that hasn't been, I mean, he was the head coach, yes, for the Vegas Bowl last December. That did not go well. Is there anything to, like, knocking off rust as a coach? I mean, Colin plays again the communication on the sideline for game day. I mean, there's got to be something to be said for that, right? Well,
1: I'd like to ask him. Yeah. Really, ask him, what, what do you think about I mean, this rust thing, that's eh, overrated. It's, he's been there, great experience, he's been around. I mean, with Alabama and Coach Saban for four or five years, there's not rust, but these new, there's new players. You only have these players for two or three years. That's the difference with college. You know, in the pros, some guys are there 10, 12, 15 years. Some of these kids, three or four years, maybe two years, and they're gone, or you cut them. I mean, how many these recruiting things, how many three or four or five stars you get in there, they don't pan out. They, don't, they just don't pan out. I mean, Justin Herbert was not well-recruited. There was two or three five-star quarterbacks ahead of him that Oregon was looking at. And all of a sudden, two years ago, he beats them out. He's starting. Right down the street in Sheldon. Even, so, yeah. So, no, I, I think Mario Cristobal, it's not a rust thing. I just think it's, it is opening day. And, again, oh my guy. it's 58-24. God bless you, Ducks. Way to go. Congratulations. Great game.
0: Big one next week.
1: It'll be
0: in 11 a.m. Who who does Oregon State have? (laughs) Oregon State's got something. Utah. Okay. It's a big game. That is a big 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 game game for
1: them. That's a big game for them. They knew when. It's at home. San Jose State, let's just face it, guys, they suck. You know, UC Davis beat them. He said it. They suck. Okay. That's the bottom line. I'm over here. Oregon State. Oregon State expected to win that game at home. Everybody's going to Oregon State's a two-and-a-half. What's the over-under and under on their game? Is it it's two? two and a half. Whatever, whatever. Who, it's two-and-a-half. Whatever. It's two-and-a-half. Who says that? Is that Vegas? Vegas says two-and-a-half. Who's that? Your sister? Who's that? Your mom? My sister. Okay. <laughs> so whatever. But this is a winnable game. They know that. Hey, hey, they, there's uh, a reason there's big buildings in Vegas. It's because they've made a lot of money. And, and there's a winnable game for them in going to Nevada. And there's yeah. winnable games. I guarantee you Oregon State thinks they'll take two or three more in the Pac-12. That's how they're thinking. They are. And that's how they should think. They so, won
0: a Pac-12 game last year.
1: That was last year. Judah, why why are you going to last year? Because it's, it's a lot of the same players. It's a lot Brand of the same players. It's a lot of same Brand new coach. Jonathan Smith's got the mojo going. Here's the thing I will say about Jonathan Smith.
0: They have a chance to find to really hit their stride like say, I don't know, late October, Halloween, November. There's your chance to win a couple games. It's
1: late in the year. It's not gonna be anytime soon. They will be Southern Utah. What, let's hope. What, what, what they want to wait till until the, they're not going to hit their stride? They're going to want to hit their stride going into practice on Monday. That's when they're going to hit their stride again. See, you're talking about Lynn of October. No, they're going to hit their stride this Monday. They're going to coach better. They're not going to work harder. They're going to work better. And they're going to get themselves ready to go and play a great game, whoever they play, on Saturday. See, Where, this is the difference. That's what you got to do.
0: This is the difference between a former player like yourself and a kid that's grown up all life as a fan. I want results, man. I can't empathize with these guys right now. Want results? It'll be a little bit. I'm going to learn a lot from you this year. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. All right, let's hit the break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll take your calls. 503-417-7575. Did the Ducks look impressive to you? What do you want to see out of the Beavers moving forward? Did you like, uh, not the defense, but did you like a little bit of the offense? Oregon College Game Day post-game show here on 129, the game. One hour down, one hour to go. Oregon College football post-game show. I'm Judah Newby. He's Neil Lomax. 503, 417, 7575 Were you impressed with the Duck win? 58, 24. Couple of alarming stats in the box score as well. Neil, that we were talking off the air a moment ago. Scott Miller, receiver for Bowling Green. 13 catches for a buck sixty six and two touchdowns. It's a little much. It's a little rich for my taste. How about Andrew Clare, the running back? 25 carries for 113 yards. That's four and a half yards a clip. That's got to be something Jim Levitt will point out in film sessions, and of course they'll they'll want to clean up.
1: But. but here's what happens on that as well. So when, you, when you're down 20, 30, 40 points, which I was quite used to in the pros. Okay, <laughs> Shout that, out St. Louis. That, Shout out. That's when you kind of get the passing stats up too. So right. that sometimes passing statistics are a little... Overrated because of the situation, but uh, what a game, though, for Scott Miller. God bless him, man. That's great. But rushing also is a concern. I mean, you have, I'm looking on here right now, 136 yards rushing, uh, but 25 carries. That's your typical tailback, Uh, getting that 20, 25 carries. That's USC, Penn State's, the Alabamas. Again, that's what I like about Oregon, the diversity. They really mix it up. They do a great job getting six, seven, eight guys, different touches from different formations, different positions. They're basically running the same kind of plays. It's zoned. It's a trap. It's a power. It's a sweep. It is. But you're running four, five, six different formations with motions. Put motion in, left hash, right hash, boundary. You just mix up the formations. You don't have to have a whole lot of plays. That's the whole key. You just mix up formations. Because defenses, all they'd look at, formation recognition. You're in a certain formation, we're going to play it this way. You're in this formation, we're going cover two, two high. Zone. You're in this formation, we're pressed man, one high. We're bringing Sam, we're bringing Will. That's what they've been practicing all week long. So it's a game of chess. That's what Marcus Arroyo does. Game of chess. Offensively, if we show this defensively, we know they're going to be in this defensive situation. And, we're gonna, and Justin Herbert, triple threat, he reads it, he makes the right call, boom. They go to the right play.
0: I want your reaction as well. Five zero three four one seven seventy five seventy five. Let's go out to Hillsboro. That's where we find Janet on this lovely Saturday evening. How are you, Janet? I'm doing well, thanks. And uh, I really I wasn't surprised because I think we were favored by thirty four. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that that was the way it should have been. My question is this: uh, I wear headphones. I plug my radio into it because I love to listen to the announcers. Uh, there was a little more than a 20 second delay from the radio announcers to what's happening on the field. Very, very frustrating. The reason I know this is the radio announcer in the first quarter said 6:56 left in the in the quarter, and I'm looking at the scoreboard and it says 6:36. So it was about 20 second delay. Mm. Why is that happening? Very frustrating. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the phone call. Um, you know, we'll have to get you a radio engineering 101. Uh, that's just what happens. Here's my suggestion: this year, don't listen to the game on the radio. Just watch it on TV and then call into us. That's how you do it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Thanks for the phone call, though, Janet. Basically, that's. I mean, that's that's how radio works. That's how radios worked for forever. There's always a delay. There's a delay on everything that you have in uh, broadcasting these days. But, hey, you know what, big picture? If that's your gripe with Oregon in Week 1, I think things are going pretty
1: well for the Ducks, if that's your, uh, yep. if that's your complaint. Here's my delay, though. Let's, let's go <laughs> delay it back to the Pac-12. I mean, yeah. give shout, Utah wins. Yep. Colorado wins big. Steven Monte looked really good. Uh, Mike McIntyre, I think he's a great coach. His son plays wide receiver, by the way, and that's a hard deal if your son's playing in college football. I just want to throw that out. Stanford got a win. Washington came back and beat Wyoming. Okay, that they won. Wazoo. Washington State. Yeah, yeah. So you know that's that's good. USC won. Okay, Cal pulled out a win. So right now, Arizona State's at 20. What's the update on that one, Judah? You, you, you got an update?
0: Yeah, pulling it up right now. It was 21 to nothing a minute ago. I think it was 28 to nothing the last time I uh, saw the fight in Herm Edwards. So Herm's
1: loving it. Oh, yeah. He's jumping him down. He's, he's got his He's, skinny. he's got Fitbit going. He's at least 23,000 steps. No question <laughs> right now. 28 and nothing. That, was, that was from noon on because he gets up at 5 a.m. because I saw the ESPN thing. Apparently. Which is, <clears throat> I won't say what I want to really think about that. I love that. And then we got a baseball score going on here at Arizona BY you but anyway you yeah. know first week pack 12. i know you're gonna gonna keep on you know throwing washington under the bus yep and chris peterson i don't I'm know not, why no, you no. are i'm not throwing them under the bus yeah, it's just you got
0: it these games are not ordinary they are extraordinary which means there's that much more importance on the result i love the fact that they happen but if you want it's a big Respect. image.
1: It's a big image game. That it's, was a big a image, game image game in, game in week and one, and it's a bowl game. It's the old BCS. That's a January one bowl matchup. The old day. That's you want to see Washington, Auburn, and the and Rose sh- or the Peach or the Am I Sugar.
0: Thinking, Neil, they could have won the game. They 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 shot well, themselves they in the foot. The, like, like they didn't want to win. I'm not saying they didn't want to. I'm saying that they shot themselves in the foot late. That's the most frustrating part for me. Is that it was right there for them to win. And if you were talking about wanting to get the Pac-12 represented in the college football playoff,
1: which I think this conference is as good as the ACC, I think it's as good as the Big 12. But you keep, you keep any Pac-12 team, and that's the way we are. I, I'm going to say we. I, I love that style. If you keep them under 20 points, you've got an like 80% chance to win the football game. That's very true. If you keep a Pac-12 team under 20 points, we're just a little different style. Not that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that they think it's a better way. No, and that's the way our philosophy is on the West Coast. Kind, of, hey, we want to score points. Well, and Washington is
0: more of the antithesis. Like, I mean, they do have spread, but they love to power between the tackles with Gaskin, and and but. But still, they, they want to score. Points they that. want to
1: score 28, 35 points. You ask, that's their right. goal. Every offense wants it. You no, know, Leach is over there trying to. Hey, we're going at it. Uh, Justin Wilcox is a little different with Cal, but still, most of the Pac-12 teams, a bit, a bit I'd say Stanford. Stanford, Stanford's pro. Little different style that Shaw has. I no. say, okay, but still, they will beat you up with play action. Parkinson and those tight ends, every year there's two or three tight ends will go. Pr- they are awesome. Good juiced. What they do. <laughs> is he a Stanford guy? He's a Stanford guy, man. Really? Yeah, he played at Stanford. Now he's uh, oh. trying to make a roster spot with Cleveland. Yeah, you're, we'll going find hard, out. you're
0: going back to Hard Knox. Hard Knox next right. Tuesday night. <laughs> Let's go to I-5. That's where Zane is at. What's up, Zane? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good uh, I want to ask a question and it was uh, it had something to do with a, a gal that called in just a few minutes ago and, and she was asking about why the delay and I don't think we got a very uh, sufficient answer from you um, we and certainly with my sitting there and watching the game I've always listened to the play by play as it's happening on the field and if you see to delay in that no that's not the case and i think you should if you can find out
1: because it's very important to a lot of people especially older people that are sitting there that uh, depend on listening to you all right thanks for the call man look what station is it on it's on under station right so i <laughs> it's isn't it on different station? notoriously it's not, not no
0: a... <laughs> good shoot the messenger don't call me with your techno technology
1: problems I gotta say, man. Next next person that calls in, I'm just gonna. be, Hey, you want to talk about the ducks, right? Let me explain to you how radio works. <laughs> Come on, people. Call the people that care. It, you know, complain to them. Five yard penalty. You got that Jeez. delay, man. You get that delay a couple times. I'm ticked off as a cornerback. I'm kicking pissed. that five yard delay penalty. What Jude is, is about to show us why we have a delay. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man.
0: Don't don't get me testing the FCC. Yeah. Anywho. All right, let's move on. Let's try to salvage something out of this. Uh, You mentioned teams that like to go up-tempo, you know, like to spread it out. We're watching the game right now. Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M, he was part of that spread attack, that fast pace, that Johnny Manziel, you know, almost
1: that junior air raid attack. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Arizona's got 10 points right now in the third quarter. And Khalil Tate is is a legit athlete, bar none. I mean, I rank him as probably... Up that Jamar, Lamar Jackson kind of style of a quarterback. I mean, that triple threat guy, I mean, truly a triple threat because I, I know he does RPO it to death. That yeah. guy, he's going to read, read, because he's going to pull that zone. He pulls the quarterback trap, quarterback power, uh, runs the zone really well, uh, throws the ball downfield really well. He wouldn't be there. But, again, but, it, it gotta but, be th- this is not NASCAR. I mean, NASCAR, we got Indy NASCAR. Like, you're going every – Chip used to try to go every 7, 10 seconds. Right. You know, now the game's kind of changed. The, the, the white hat – and the umpires, you know, get the ball down a little slower. So no one's really going that five, seven seconds. They're still getting set. They're still looking at just nobody huddles anymore. That's the whole thing. The huddle's kind of gone out of the game. And they, they kind of did that muddle. They're hanging out. They're waiting for the call in. They're waiting for the defense to kind of show. And the defenses are sitting there waiting for the offense to show. So it's a game of chess. You're still going to get 15, 18 seconds over the snap of the ball. So when you say tempo, that's kind of gone the last five, seven years. Because defense is now kind of waiting. The offense has got to wait. And they don't want to just go out there and shoot their foot with, what are we calling? We don't see what they're doing. So they slow it down a little bit. But production is the key. Again, Oregon was so productive. Right? I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, over 500, 560 yards total offense, rushing passing. But you, you want to be, oh, wowed by, oh, were they 32 for 55? No, they weren't. But every completion was so effective, so effective, they got great production. And that's what you want. And they're going to work on those little things of making sure the catchable passes are caught. You're reading the correct reads, and we're dropping. We have checkdowns. But I tell you what, some of those little screen—I was so impressed with the line, man. When Throckmorton went out there in that one little smoke screen—that was—it nice. was sweet. The Taj, you know, that was a really cool little. Those are timing, rhythm plays that a lot of fans oh, it's just a little screen. No, it takes a lot of time because you guys, the linemen have to be great actors in that. You have to be really good actors. You fake that pass pro for a couple counts, and then boom, you're out there on that strong safety or that Sam or that Jack. Make sure you make that block. Really impressive on two or three of their little smoke screens.
0: And we'll hear from, more from Mario Cristobal, more of the uh, highlights from this game as well coming up on the other side. Plus, we'll go around the rest of the top 25 action that uh, did not involve Pac-12 teams. Michigan, Notre Dame, what happened there? You know, what does this mean for Jim Harbaugh? It's a lot of big games that he's lost now. Has never beaten Ohio State as well. Didn't beat Notre Dame today. All right, you've got Oregon College Football Postgame Show. Neil Lomax, Judah Newby, Peter Sampson spinning it behind the glass. We'll come back on the other side of this timeout on 1029-750 the game. 503-417-7575. Give me a take on the game. Cam McCormick injury update. Neil Lomax, you mentioned Cam McCormick as yeah. uh, you know, you wanted the tight ends to step up in this game. Jacob Breland, Cam McCormick looks like we're going to get some some unfortunate news. Looking out on Twitter, Andrew Greif from the Oregonian, who joined us in our uh, pregame show on Countdown to Kickoff, says Cam McCormick hurt his leg and has been x-rayed. A quote from Mario Cristobal, quote, we think it might be a pretty significant injury, according to Mario Cristobal. Now, Oregon's got plenty of depth, but that's still a hit. That's still a hit to a to a tight end group that's always produced really nicely for Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah, two experienced guys, and, and one of the misses that Justin had, he'll take that back, was early first quarter. Uh, we had a little delay, I call it a little delay nine, delay seam, to uh, to Jacob Breeland. And Justin over threw him about three or four yards, and folks who watched the game will probably remember, oh, yeah, 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 number 26. wide open. Great little scheme. Great play call. Marcus Royal made the, the great, great call on that. Justin looked him off and overthrew him by two or three yards. That's very rare. And uh, Justin will have that back. It's one of those, God, that's my bad kind of thing. And I told you, I thought that would happen four, five, six times in this game, that, that you'd have Cam McCormick, uh, Breland running down these seams, running down the wheel routes. They, they got some speed at that tight end position. They just don't sit back and they go tight block, which a lot of times the wise do just get next to the tackle. You got extended the tackle. They're really involved in the passing game and huge involved, obviously, in the running game. But that's, that's, a, that's a significant injury. If he's injured, I hope he's just it, hurt. It, it, I, hope, yeah. I hope he's hurt. There's a big difference. Being hurt, okay, a week, go see the trainers. That's okay. Injury, ouch. That three, four week, five week deal. That, that's that's a, that's a major, significant issue. And also for a duck
0: offense that features the tight ends doing a lot of blocking. I mean, obviously,
1: pass- multi threat. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why I mentioned that about two hours ago. I said those guys. I love the way they they implement them in that kind of offense. Cause you you know, you get you know, all sexy with the wide receivers. You all, know, oh yeah, they're flashy guys. The guys with single digits. You love watching the guys with single digits running around. And speaking of digits, can can, can we get the numbers a little bigger on these jerseys? I couldn't quite see the numbers. Like I, I really had a hard time. I know I'm nearsighted. I start wearing my glasses now a lot more. And I'm watching the game. Can can you guys get those numbers a little bigger? And who put the black sharpie? On the names See, on the back what, of the jerseys. That's what so, I didn't like. Exactly. I didn't
0: like the names on the back did that were of yeah,
1: just cover. Usually I use a whiteout when I have to make a mistake. I put that little whiteout thing and I write something on there. So I put a black Sharpie and just, who, who are these guys? But you know what? I love Nike. It's Nike. <laughs> it's Nike. We love it. Yeah. Bowling <laughs> Green's a Nike school show. You know what they were? They actually were the swoosh. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, well, well, I mean, come come on. Cleveland Browns. Nike's got 80% of the country. They look, much. they look like the Cleveland Browns. They did. Yeah. They little, you know, they're from. Bowling Green, Ohio. That's right. There actually is a town, Bowling Green, Ohio. Urban Meyer started there. And Scott Hamilton is a famous. Hey, I met Scott Sh- Hamilton. Great skater. I got to give him an Oral hersizer. Are skaters athletes? Of course they are. Yeah? Are you dishing the, are you dishing the skaters? I'm just, I've never skated on a competitive level. Well, of course, because you're not an athlete. Oh, there that's you go. low. Come on, man. We the hockey players, guys who skate, absolutely. Have you seen my mini golf game? I mean, I'm an athlete. So anyway, the, I, I'm just saying, God, I don't know about you guys. I don't know what your Oregon's got. That's, again, that's the hardest thing is the equipment manager trying to figure out what extra rooms. I got to rent storage spaces. Like I got to get like U-Store and all these storage places that get to put the uniforms at. But anyway, I love Nike. I love them all. But my God, can you just please get the numbers down a little bit? They used to have a lot of those jerseys, I feel like, in the 90s. Yeah, that was well. That's the old throwbacks. the Packers. Yeah, exactly. It, like Penn State or of, I mean, there's huge numbers. Exactly.
0: Speaking of Packers, one guy that uh, you know, we were watching the game together. One guy that whose name you threw out there, talking about Justin Hollins. I love all these NFL comps that you have because you've played against some of the best pass rushers of all time. You mentioned Charles Haley who, I don't know, won 5 Super Bowls. You mentioned Reggie White, arguably the greatest pass rusher in the history of professional football. And look, we're we're not here comparing college players to NFL all-time greats necessarily. But Justin Hollins and Jalen Jelks, both of those guys, particularly Hollins, man, he roared
1: off the edge in this game. Oh, they look like they could play four four or five in the NBA. You know, It's right. that strong forward look, that LaMarcus Aldridge body, man, they look like they're 6'6", 6'7", 245, and just cut. And they're coming off that jet seven, and they're outside technique, and they are pass rushing. And it's just fun to watch. That whole defense, again, I thought overall, you know, Jim Levitt adjusted, you can tell he's he's out in that sideline. I love watching those coaches in the sideline. You know, he, he's flicking the fingers and doing the calls. And I love the get-back coaches. There's like three or four get-back coaches, grabbing them, pulling them back. The change of, yeah, yeah, pull back. I mean, they got 19 guys on staff just with the get-back coaches. Pull them back. I love watching the coach because I'm not watching the He cheating. drinks so, like 10
0: Pepsi's a day, yeah, by the way. Well, there's your problem. Pop, yeah. is,
1: pop is poison. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Folks, pop is poison. Thank you so anyway, much. I, I just love he's making those calls. He's so intense. Right. And he's getting there. And those guys reacted. After the first 10 minutes, they reacted, played really well. And numbers again, their depth. <laughs> I'm impressed as how many players come in and out and keep playing and playing and playing. And with all the
0: freshmen, Mike, we mentioned about the redshirt rule, yep. the depth is only going to be that much more impressive in September, particularly. But uh, I'm eager to see how that translates to Pac-12 play. And it will get here when it gets here. I'm not here to rush the process. And, 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 you know,
1: we're propping up the defensive. And, and I got to admit, Justin Hollins did a great job. Jalen Jelks gets a lot of credit and a lot of notoriety, everybody's mm-hmm. kind of talking about him because he's got, okay, possible number one, number two pick. Right, Jordan Scott, but I'm telling the guys who, who had it, Sewell, Wormack, Hanson, Shane Lemieux, Calvin Thormont, those, Throckmorton, those guys up front, they're, they're just a class little group. That's their own little world. That little culture of the offensive linemen, you don't want to mess with them. First of all, you just let them go, let them grow their beards, let them do their thing, let them go get the beer and the pizza. Do whatever you got. Let that culture just survive. Because those guys, they do it. That's the foundation of any offensive team is those big boys up front. Left tackle, the right tackle. And I was pretty impressed. Especially with Sewell. The guy's a freshman. True freshman. It's Andrew going. Greif said he was
0: the second true freshman to start at Oregon in the last 30 years, I want to say. Or no, really? he said it's in 1997. 1997 is the last time a true freshman started at left tackle for Oregon. There you go. Wow. Penai Sewell. But anyway, records. props
1: props to the big boys up front. You got to always deflect praise. You should deflect the praise to the offensive line. Yeah.
0: All right. We'll go away, come back. We got a half hour left. This thing is flying by. I promise we got to get through the other top 25 scores. I want your takes on some of the the other national action because there was a lot of really good intriguing stuff. This is also not good for the (laughs) Pac-12. Touchdown.
1: Go Cougars! Cougars!
0: Lighting (laughs) Tucson on fire! You've got Oregon College Football Post Game on 1029750 The Game. 503-417-7575, another half hour of the Oregon College Football Post Game Show. Judah Newby, Neil Lomax, here on 1029750 The Game. We will bring you Countdown to Kickoff each and every week, two hours before every Oregon football game. And we, of course, have the Oregon College Football Show right after final whistle of every Oregon football game. So. Your instant fan reaction, number one spot for it, right here. Part of Oregon College Game Day on 102.9 750. The game. Uh, we go, let's gotta whip around the top 25 and uh, get Neil Lomax's takes on some of these. High-profile games, starting with the ones last night. And number four, Wisconsin. 34-3 to three winners over Western Kentucky. But, Neil, Wisconsin got off to a slow start of sorts. And I know I'm kind of banging a drum here because you uh, are. You, you are. Know, you're, you're nitpicking week one matchups. I, my buddy is the wide receivers coach at Western Kentucky. Yeah, I was rooting for them. The but Hilltoppers.
1: But, they, yeah. they, they can play. Again, that's Appalachian States, Western Kentucky's choice that you just don't. Think you're just going to bring those kind of schools, just like Bowling Green the first quarter. Everybody's in the Oregon's, whoa, oh, uh, we better sit down. This could be a game, but yep. it, it wasn't. But the game I want to talk about, I mean, Michigan State and Utah State. Uh, I did get a chance to watch a little bit of that, and everybody's talking about, you know, Bryce Love. I want to talk about Jordan Love. That quarterback for Utah State can flat out play. And they had that game one at East Lansing, Michigan State. Mark D'Antonio, you don't know, see the coach, <laughs> him on the sidelines was classic. Antonio, Yeah, his classic looks on the sideline, just unbelievable. I don't think
0: I've ever seen that guy
1: smile. Well, yeah, yeah. He's kind of got, he, he reminds me of the, the warden in, in Shawshank Redemption. That, 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 that Just the warden there, you know, just that look. Just what's <laughs> what going on there, man. That's it. And uh, wait, waiting for Morgan Freeman to come out and do something that, you know. But I, I was so impressed with that game and how Utah State played. It wasn't like a 10-7 deal. They really moved the ball. So again, Utah State, here's your little cupcake come to town. So uh, that's the one that really sticks out to me.
0: You talk about uh, Jordan Love, by the way. Matt Wells is the head coach yep. at Utah State. Shout out, Matt Wells. Nice job by you. Go Aggies. Jordan Love finished uh, in this game 29 of 44, 319. He did throw a couple of picks and no touchdowns, but uh, he was the reason that Utah State was in that football game and Michigan State, I mean, you're ranked 11th in the preseason poll. You have to come back in the end of the fourth quarter to beat Utah State. Not a great look for them. See, I'm one of those guys, I, I will take issue with the big school before I give credit to the little guy. Maybe maybe I got to work on that. I mean, credit Utah State. But Michigan State allowing up 31 points, that's not a sparty defense we've been accustomed to seeing.
1: Not at all, but with Pick three minutes up. with three minutes left, though, they made a big 3rd and 15 conversion. Right. They come back and they win the game. So. That, that's what the takeaway is there. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of
0: Bryce Love in Stanford? He had a very, very pedestrian game in terms of stats. 18 for 29. That's 1.6 yards a carry against San Diego State, which I know, look, Rocky Long, you nope. know, he he can he can coach
1: defense Th- that's, there. That's a new tailback, you though. You know, Penny went to the Seahawks. My boy. Back with Marshall Falk days. They've had Donnell two, L. Pumphrey. Donnell Pumphrey. Yeah. And now Washington is, now Washington's the, the bomb there he played so he had what 28 carries 180 yards some so But 58 Buck 58 and they looked really good but Stanford uh again I, I Oregon Stanford Washington but I still think down the road my, my prediction still is I'm, I'm still pulling I, I still think Washington and Oregon are going to be the two teams to, to, to stand with in the north
0: in the south we talked about this a little bit USC Utah, Utah. who do you prefer yeah. on that side uh USC yeah, I'm you're there see. too. Yeah.
1: I'm just think again. Athletes, the the games coming out. Athletes and, and no disrespect to Utah, they have athletes. Um, Hunley's playing well. Kyle does a great job there. Uh, they got some skilled players up back and forth. That's just, to me overall. It, it is a weaker, stronger? I don't know. But watching this Arizona game, and you're you're gonna see BYU might upset Arizona down in Tucson. Twenty-one to ten, late third quarter. BYU leads Arizona in Tucson. Yeah, bear down, Wildcats. Uh, so the South, yeah, US, USC and, and, and Utah. Oklahoma, seventh in the country, welcoming Lane
0: Kiffin's Florida Atlantic squad today into Norman. 63-14 Boomer Sooner, Kyler Murray. You talk about efficiency. This guy was picked ninth overall in the baseball draft by the Oakland A's. He's going to be a future star baseball player unless his future in the NFL is brighter. Nine of 11, 209 yards, two touchdowns. Kyler Murray, it's like Baker Mayfield never left.
1: Don't miss a beat. And Penn State survived. We talked about that earlier. Big. Crazy. Big. It's so exciting to see the Appalachian States play that well on the big stage. 11 years to the day of the upset in the big house. Yeah, just exciting to see teams like that rise up to the occasion and say, no, we're not just getting a check. We're not going to go get beat by 50. We're going to compete and play. And that just tells you that the— the climate, and the landscape of college football.
0: Scott uh, Satterfield, the head coach at App State. Shout out, Scott Satterfield, alma mater of Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network, former quarterback Mm -hmm. at Appy State as well. Keeping things close there. To South Bend we go, 12th-ranked Notre Dame, 24-17 winners over Michigan. Again, it's a big game. Again, it's a game Michigan loses. We were watching this game. Shea Patterson gets banged up. Saw McCaffrey's kid come in. We yeah. know he's a high, highly heralded recruit. That was a lot of fun to see Christian's little brother, uh, Ed's kid, get some big time action. But in the end, Neil, it's frustrating watching Michigan's offense. This was not a good game for them. Credit Notre Dame for stepping up and playing like the better team
1: at home. Not just offense It's just now that the critics are coming out. And Jim Harbaugh, you're nine and nine. Kaki's getting never been. <laughs> You're taking my line. I have. You never beat Ohio State. That's the big thing with Michigan, the Michigan State series. uh, No, difficult, again, a difficult week one opponent, Mm -hmm. both of them. Way to go, Notre Dame, Michigan, facing up week one. Uh, Good job from Notre Dame at South Bend, coming with the the win. And, uh, yeah, we can spend – everybody loves to criticize Jim Harbaugh. I like the guy. I always liked him when he played. We played together for a few years. He's a little younger. But it's a difficult job there. Again, how do you recruit? How do you recruit the athletes when Michigan and Ohio State is getting them all? And that's that's what that climate's like. And he's got to man up and start recruiting these athletes that can play. Because right now, his record, you go back to see Michigan coaches, he is not faring well at all with his record in the last two, three years. Right. He's got a ways to go there.
0: We didn't talk much about TCU today, ranked 16th in the country. Gary Patterson's just fine with that. He loves his team, flying under the radar. They played Southern. 55-7, Horned Frogs win. Here's a game. 17th, West Virginia. Yep. 40-14 to over Tennessee, and the quarterback for West Virginia Will, is a Will guy, Greer.
1: Will Greer's a yeah. player. I've watched several of these high school, when they are in high school and coming to lead 11s and watching these guys do Nike combines and Nike passing leagues and uh, this guy. Had all the tools, and all of a sudden you kind of don't quite hear about. it. And all of a sudden last year, came on the landscape like who's this guy? And they played really well. And here he is manning up, and they're having for a great five game. Five
0: touchdowns, and,
1: and it's Tennessee. That's, okay? yeah, that's not, a good uh, opponent. This is not UT Chattanooga. Okay, this is Tennessee. Dude, Terrell Owens
0: just took a major exception to that UT
1: Chattanooga. Yeah, well, they were, they were good when he was there. That's it. <laughs> okay, so I'll give him that. I'll give them that, But that great, impressive win for West Virginia, and they're ranked 17th, and uh, here they go. Will Greer,
0: 25 of 34, 429 yards. Okay, yeah. five touchdowns. David Sills, that's a guy you're going to be hearing in the NFL as well. Seven catches, a buck 42 touchdowns. Mississippi State kills Stephen F. Austin, 63 to 6. Thanks for coming out. I uh, – <laughs> I like you know you talk well about Boise State fifty six to twenty at Troy, Troy, a team that upset LSU last year in Baton Rouge. That's a that's not an easy team to play on the road. But Brian Harson, he's got a tough team. And what do you think? Uh, you know, well it's Mark you,
1: it's Mark Ripon's nephew. Yeah, I mean Brett. he's got he's got the DNA. Right. He's this is fourth year, fourth year playing the system. You you stay four years. Been there a long time, man. You know that that's a that is a long time. Uh, and you know Boise State. No surprise. Every year, top twenty-five team. Every year in this Boise State, you know, it's just it's amazing how well they perform, how well they execute, what they do with different coaches coming out. Brian harson has been there. That that that's a culture there at Boise State. They're not afraid to play anybody, anywhere, at any time. And what's happening now is the Power Five. They don't want to play the Boise States. They do not want to schedule the Boise States, and you don't blame them. A lot of times. Uh, I love what they do there. They've been doing it for a long, long time, back when Dan Hawkins got it going on there and even before that. And here comes Chris Peterson, and they've been going and going. and Got to love the blue turf when they started it. They'll be back on the blue turf for their home opener against UConn next week. How about this week three?
0: Boise State in Stillwater at Oklahoma State. Mm. That's gonna be that's a tasty one there.
1: Cowboys didn't play today, did they?
0: They played last night. Did they? They played last night. and They got a win at home against Missouri State, I'm I gl- believe. Gl- glad
1: you brought that up because I missed that one. Okay. Now, what do you think of Gundy? Like the hairstyle, or <laughs> or what? Or just him as a coach? <laughs> yeah, I bet the, him the, as the a little, coach. Little dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, cause I don't know. I, I like the guy. I like his personality. You gotta like him. They haven't fired him yet. They haven't. Well. Th- you know that's because he he knows Boone T. Pickens, man. <laughs> if you're on the good side of Boone T. Pickens,
1: you'll be fine there. That that's the that's the Phil Knight of Stillwater, right? Is that? Yeah, that's exactly what, that, right. Yeah. That, how would I? You're perfect. Get, okay. Nailed it.
0: Okay. Uh, one game that we were looking forward to seeing today that did not get played: Nebraska Scott Frost debut. Weather, so the game got
1: postponed. It got canceled. Today. Folks, you've never been in the Midwest. You have no idea we're talking. To- I lived in St. Louis for seven years. Lovely when, town. When that. When that ping pong size hail starts coming down. (laughs) Game over. And those thunderstorms come in, and that siren goes off. It's not one of those, oh, I might get in the car and kind of drive home and stop by and get some food. No, no, no. You better get under overpass ASAP. ASAP. Or get in the dang basement.
0: Here's a couple of games uh, coming up this weekend later because it's week one, so there's games on Sunday and Monday that don't conflict with the NFL. First, Mark Richt, eighth-ranked Miami. In Arlington, Texas, in Jerry World, against Ed Ogeron, 25th-ranked LSU. Miami is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at this neutral site game. The Hurricanes were one of the best stories in college football last year. The turnover chain,
1: all that. Is that sustainable, though? It was fun to watch, man. is a good quarterback. He's he's good. He's back. He's back. Mark Rick's a heck of a coach. Uh, It's an entertaining game to watch. What do you think about Ogeron? Another guy that is so fun to
0: talk to and listen to, but can he— is always
1: interesting everybody just really complains about when they're going to fire the next LSU coach? I mean, Les Miles are <laughs> like, okay, can we get rid of him? He's there, Because they keep winning seven, eight games. Yeah. So let's just get off it. Let, let him coach, let it go. We'll talk about it in week seven or eight.
0: You like Miami in that game? I do. How about Monday? This is a game I, that I Doug- do like Miami.
1: Is that Florida State and who's Monday? Willie Taggart in Florida Uh-oh. State he
0: against le- Justin Fuente in Virginia. He Tech. Le-
1: he left Oregon? Willie Taggart? I, heard- I thought he was
0: co- Did you hear oh. about this? <laughs> This happened, it was like a couple weeks ago. Okay, Slick Willie, debuting for the Seminoles. You know when I see Florida State Vod I think of Sugar Bowl 2000, Mike Vick against Peter Warwick. Wow.
1: That's one of the and you didn't. You didn't even look that up because I'm watching. You, you didn't Google that? Yeah. Cause
0: that's, that's impressive. The Nokia Sugar Bowl back then, man. Mike Vick was my boy. And uh, was it Peter Boulware playing linebacker for Vod back then? Maybe it was Michael Boware, I can't remember. Who's in it? any case, Virginia Tech, Florida State in Tallahassee Monday night. Florida State a seven-point favorite, but we're going to be interesting. DeAndre Francois coming off that nasty injury week one against Alabama last year. Florida State will always have talent, Neil. Willie Course. Taggart can recruit talent, but we're, I'm interested to see if they're going to be able to live up to the
1: expectation this year. We're, and we're, An ACC
0: game right yeah. out of the gate, that's, that's pretty
1: I, I'm, extraordinary. I'm saying, I'm saying Seminole's more than seven. Really, Everybody has talent. Yeah, they say, oh, they got talent. They got talent. No, they just got more talent at skill positions than anybody else. That's like Oregon. They just have more of it at all these skill positions than anybody else. Two to three deep. All these teams got talent, but you get these other guys that can, that second guys, the third guys, that second wave, third wave. Florida State's going to have that. I think he's going to do a great job. I, I have them 14, 20 point win.
0: I like it. That's going to be Monday at five o'clock. I don't know if Duck fans are rooting for Slick Willie though the way he got out of here
1: oh they like come on oh man
0: like. come on 503.7 flush, flush it flush it move on Some the have of a champion across the table from me 503.7 75 75 one more segment oregon college football post game show here late on a saturday night to newbie neil lomax on 1029 750 the game final segment here on the game to newbie neil lomax oregon college football show Coming up after us, it is the Oregon College Football Wrap-Up Show with Peter Sampson in the chair taking us the final 90 minutes. How beautiful is it, by the way? That college football is back, and we have all-day coverage of the sport we love from 7 a.m. to midnight every single Saturday. I mean, that is (laughs) awesome, man. Awesome! If you're a college football fan, you know there is one place for you to tune in each and every Saturday. It's right here, part of Oregon College Game Day, 7 a.m. to midnight every single Saturday here on 102.9 750. The game. All right. Before we wrap it up, we got to look ahead at uh, the Week Two games next week, and let's just start off right with the Oregon game. Oregon, Portland State. I mentioned Portland State. Good start tough finish down at nevada last night to say the least oregon tough start huge finish really against Bow- bowling green you know there's not really much to
1: prognosticate
0: in this game the, the two teams got to meet they got to play throwing psu a bone with
1: the uh the financial incentives of great Grosch. money game great money game just don't get injured that's the whole key to portland state and even oregon just keep the injuries to to a minimum you know play play it hard but you know thank you Mr. Mullins, give us a nice big check. We need it at Portland State. I'd say every three or four years, love to play it. By the way, the facilities at your alma mater are getting nice. That Viking Pavilion Whew. is awesome. If Folks, if you have not come down and seen what uh, we have on campus right there by the Peter Stott Center, it is incredible. And Barrett Perry is going to rock and roll with that basketball team in there. Uh, PSU, on
0: the hard court, man, they gave some teams fits
1: last year. PK-80 was a blast. That was, that was Absolute fun. blast to see them play Duke. Uh, and beat Stanford. Uh Amazing. So, no, Barrett Perry is, is rock star coach, and we're looking forward to a great season there. But it's still football. So, uh, Portland State at Oregon, no question there. The one I'm actually look, I mean, obviously, let's just go right to it. Yeah. You know, USC Stanford. That's um, the game of the week I, in the I'm not, I'm not a big, big, big believer of, everybody's falling in love, sorry, with Bryce Love. Uh, don't know if he's that 22, 23, 24 carry kind of back, which they want. What I love about Costello and the tight ends is basically that. His tight ends and Costello, way they throw the ball to play action, that's their bread and butter. And that's the only chance they have to stay in with the athletes of USC. Clay Helton's taking his Trojans to uh, the farm. The farm. And playing them. and that, that, that's, that's the game I'm looking forward to really watching. because I think Stanford wins that game. They have a chance now to a little chip away at Oregon and, and uh, Washington in the north.
0: It's a huge game for Stanford. Big game for USC. JT Daniels, first true road game for him. And by the way, USC under Clay Helton with the win over UNLV today. 17-0 at home. They've never lost at home under Clay Helton. Road at Stanford, 5.30 p.m. on Fox. That means Gus Johnson will be on the call. Joel Klatt, that'll be a good game. Good team. I I really want to see USC try to pull that one out. By the way, USC week three at Texas. So you got to go to Stanford, two Texas consecutive weeks. You don't see that much in Power 5 opponents these days. So can't wait to break down that so, matchup. So
1: that's the earlier game I'm looking forward to. But then the late game, and Arizona State did a little walk-off. They did okay. They walked away with a victory, I believe. San Antonio, is that correct, you? I don't know if it's final yet, they're, but they They're playing really well. We're watching that a little bit. But Michigan State, uh, I think that's a class, great matchup with a Big Ten school going down to Tempe, playing uh, Herm uh Sun Devils. 40. I, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to watching that game. That's that's those late games. That thing will go. 7:45 7, kick. It's it's gonna be one o'clock a.m. Pacific time. Which, which is okay. It's college football. Pac-12 yeah.
0: after dark, man. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, ASU 49 to nothing lead over UT San Antonio. Yeah. Right so now. I was
1: telling you, they're walking away with it. Yep, that's what I said.
0: That's right, exactly what you said. Uh, so ASU Michigan State next week. That'll be a good one. I kind of like Cal BYU. I mean, you're looking at a BYU team right now, and here comes Arizona trying to make a comeback, but it's 28-17 BYU a lot with of time. the lead and 13 and a half minutes. Yes, that's a lot of time, but regardless, I'm eager to see what Cal can do. This is a team that's not getting a whole ton of love in the Pac-12 North, but year two under Justin Wilcox, much improved defense, Ross Bowers with another offseason under his belt. He's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, they got the win over uh, Larry Fedora's fighting Tar Heels
1: today um north Five. carolina was yeah. very with, thin with 13
0: 13 Five. athletes Suspe-
1: were suspended eight were starters i guess in the quarterback that's ugly so man. anyway uh yeah cal i think justin wilcox by that team way to go they kind of survived a depleted uh Tar Heel team right uh, but going to provo a lot of folks say man that altitude and all this and that but it's a tough place to play and again we're watching this game right now the late pac 12 game and BYU is looking solid. They're looking really yeah. good. Magnum's doing a heck of a job at quarterback. Magnum's been there Love for a decade, kid. I yeah. swear. Well, you know, he could have they could be 27, 28 That's years true. old yeah. playing it. That's right. It. <laughs> it could could be. I'm just saying. It's like the reverse of like the the Chinese gymnastics uh, and <laughs> and
0: the Olympics. We we never really know how old these people yeah, are. Yeah, it's all right. How about this one? Colorado, Nebraska. So yeah. Scott Frost's debut gets wiped away by weather. And now that his is so home opener, hot. season opener, will be against Colorado, a team that you mentioned earlier, Neil. Stephen Montez, quarterback for the Buffaloes, 22 of 25 last night against Colorado State, 22 of 25 for 338 and four touchdowns. That's a team that could make some noise
1: in Nebraska for Scott Frost's first game. That's going to be a tough one. That's efficiency there. And, and I just go back to Cordell Stewart, the whole <sighs> Colorado-Michigan game, man. That was in, ingrained in all our memories, so – that's too bad about the Cornhuskers opening day. They all got fired up. We saw the pregame festivities there. They were rock and rolling yeah. in Lincoln. They were, like, getting ready. They are like, this is, like, new Nebraska. They love and their you, boy, man. You don't see that much in Nebraska. No. I mean, Tom Osborne, I think, was actually getting excited. That's You rarely see that guy get excited. He was, like, pumped up, man. <laughs> so, and then it gets weathered. Boy, I told you, the Midwest. Be, That's be tough. Careful. So, yeah, Buffaloes we, go there. Uh, UCLA. Come on, man. You should leg on the Norman. Good luck. Oh, that's not gonna be oh. good. Don't wear the T-shirt.
0: That's not gonna be good. Don't
1: wear T-shirts.
0: Does Oregon State get their
1: first win next week? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Take care of Southern Utah. Yeah. Washington gets North Dakota in Seattle. That'll be a win. Utah at Northern Illinois. That could be interesting. You never know. By the way, about this with Utah offensive coordinator Troy Taylor. Yep. Returning for a second year. Phil Steele had this in his magazine, The Gospel. What do you say? Troy Taylor is Utah's eighth offensive coordinator in 10 years. Eighth different play caller in a decade.
1: Well, Tyler I mean, Huntley doesn't like that, but Tyler Huntley, no. he's, he's a pretty dang good quarterback.
0: And yet Kyle Whittingham still continues wow. to make this team impressive. They're so physical. They're so nasty, and they've had no, no consistency well, with play calling. And now they've got it. Well, they got no they don't know Illinois, so they're going to win. I think so. I think so. All right. Neil, it was a lot of fun. Hey, we did a four hours of radio. Can't today. wait till next week. All right, we're in the books. Peter Sampson's on his way in. Coming up next with the Oregon College Wrap-Up Show, I'm Judah Newby. You've been listening to the Oregon College Football Post Game Show, part of Oregon College Game Day. We'll see you at 9 a.m. next week
1: for the countdown to kickoff ahead of Ducks Portland State. God bless, everybody.